0: I'm Steven Adams. This is Down to Doug. I'm I'm miffed and peeved.
1: Welcome to Down to Doug. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of CLNS Media and DailyThunder.com. And with me today is my good friend, Alex Spears.
0: Alex, what's up? Hi, Andrew.
1: Hi. <laughs> Hi. Uh, it was a good, good pod last week with you and and Luke. uh me and D- man. <laughs> it was, uh, it was really funny because there was like no thunder news, and so I was like, okay, cool. You guys go do whatever, and then like the Kevin Durant article drops the day after you guys record or something.
0: I know that was a bummer, but. <clears throat> You know, we probably would have just skipped over it, anyways. We had so much wrestling to get to. <laughs> I know.
1: We did. how how would you guys have covered who your favorite Japanese wrestlers are if I know if not given that opportunity? It's so
0: fun uh, just making fun of Luke. <laughs> it's 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 so easy. I can I can lead him into it so easily.
1: <laughs> it was great. It was.
0: We d- <laughs> we didn't even get to talk about uh, all his. I'm sure you talked about it on the pod before but his bedroom during high school.
1: Oh yeah,
0: with all the toys meticulously hung from the ceiling. Yeah. That maybe <laughs> we'll have to dive into that the next uh, Luke and Al show.
1: You're going to have to dive into that. And I I don't even I don't even know where to start with that. Thinking about that now in our 30s. What? <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Uh okay, we asked her some Twitter questions. We are a couple weeks out from training camp, September 30th is media day, and then we'll start to get like a lot of muscle watch stuff, a lot of, man, did you know that Mike Muscala is looking really good in training camp and all these different stories, but we don't have them yet. So we're going to answer your questions. This is from at our guy, Ben King. At what point in the season will Al Baby Cakes be completely shunned by Thunder Twitter? Mm, it's
0: definitely coming. Um, I, I can already tell that it's going to be very fun antagonizing uh, Westbrook fans, like, like true diehard Russ fans. Yeah, I can just I can just tell that I'm going to be able to get under their skin very easily <laughs> and I'm going to enjoy it a lot. Like if this Houston thing blows up, I mean, the Deborah Buckets basketball hour might make a return and it will <laughs> it will alienate a lot. <laughs> of thunder/rust slash Russ
1: fans. It will be insufferable. I can imagine. Yeah. I know, I feel like I can't I have to like really watch what I tweet or retweet or even talk about because it's so easy and I know like if people don't aren't in on the joke, like me being a rust hater is a joke. Like it's becoming a joke. But it's easy to be misconstrued as a rust hater. Like, all you have to do is be like, man, I think Steven Adams could have a career year. I think Chris Paul could really help him out. <laughs> right, definitely, yeah. You're definitely a Russ hater.
0: Well, it's because in the past, like, the the attacks against Russ were, got so ridiculous that we were just constantly in defense mode. Right. We were always defending Russ. And so that's all we knew. And you know we'd always throw in an occasional you know oh, that wasn't a really good uh Russ had some bad looks tonight or something right <laughs> you know but that's that's the extent of it and so now we're kind of removed from it and we're it's going to be interesting watching him from a different vantage point yeah especially watching him on the Rockets team who I am already predisposed to not liking it's going to be cool watching his game remembering how I used to think about his game being a fan of that team of the Thunder and now watching him with the Rockets it'll just be I I think the first like month of the season all Thunder fans are just going to be like in therapy
1: trying to figure it out (laughs) I know it's going to be and I I don't even think you can emphasize this enough how weird the season's going to be like, we can talk about it, but I don't think it's even going to hit us until it starts. And you see Russ in a Rockets uniform, and you see Chris Paul. You see a Chris Paul-Steven Adams pick and roll. You're going to be like, what is this? Like, yeah. What, what is happening? So, okay. Next question is from at J. Ralph Smith. This is J. Smith. The J. Jay. It's J. Jay. It's, it's J. <laughs> he said, uh, "Pippin is terrible on the jump. I want to know who you actually like as an ex-NBA player who talks hoops. And then what was the next part? He wants a top five power ranking style. And the
0: only reason I wanted you to say that, because it's like I had such a hard time thinking <laughs>
1: of five. Like I know. That's why I didn't say it. Like, how are we supposed to, to rank five? Why. I know.
0: <laughs> like, who do I actually like? Because honestly, probably the best ex-athlete commentators are, like, the local announcer guys. Yeah. You know, like, like Walt Frazier. A lot of people like him on the mm-hmm. Knicks broadcast. He's fun. He's lighthearted. Like, Bill Walton. You know, it's not like we don't hear him a lot, but, like, people seem to like him. I, I don't get to hear him. Yeah. Um, but even even, like, Antonio Daniels. Antonio like,
1: Daniels he, is definitely he, one for me. Yeah.
0: He would probably high on this list, even though I know Jay is probably thinking more about, like, national media. But those guys... <laughs> Like I guess I, I didn't mind Chauncey. Yeah. I think Chauncey's good, he's even a, though he got he got fired.
1: Right. Clearly so he wasn't gone. great.
0: Uh I, I respect the TNT show. Yeah. They they certainly have their moments where I really enjoy it. Right. But the rest of them, like, I don't know. Like Jalen's entertaining. Yeah. I don't mind Jalen. Uh, but who else? Like, who should I be excited about? Do people like T Mac? No. No? No. You know no. what's funny? I used to be, right when he came out as an announcer and he was just getting started, I loved Chris Weber. Oh, really? Like, however long ago that was, I <laughs> thought he was really good, and then that has just devolved, and <laughs> I, I don't
1: enjoy Chris Weber anymore. Well, I mean, TNT got rid of players only. Like, they did. Nobody liked that. Nobody liked that. Did you did you ever hear anybody say, "Oh, it's players only tonight super pumped." Never heard that. No. <laughs> My wife never said that to me. No. <laughs> but for whatever reason, these these guys are just not they're not very good at it. There's not very many guys that are good at it. Maybe Richard Jefferson is one, but I don't feel like I've heard him enough to say that I don't think he's good.
0: Yeah, that's but, a good point. There are a lot of guys coming up in the podcast game. Yeah. You know like Let's see what happens with Vince Carter. Yeah. Let's see what happens with Channing Frye. Uh, Richard Jefferson, obviously, is another one. J.J. Redick, although he's going to be playing for a while. But maybe those guys, because they'll have so much experience by the time they actually get to the point where they're giving their opinions, that they'll be a little bit more polished and they'll just be better. Yeah.
1: Maybe. Uh, maybe.
0: But I don't know. They're, they're, I feel like they're always going to go for the star names.
1: Yeah. Like if you like that's why uh, that's why Paul Pierce was on the broadcast for a long time. And I found him entertaining just from a like I have no idea what he's gonna say, and it's gonna be so wrong that it's gonna be really funny.
0: Yeah. Like I've heard people really like Brian Scalabrini. Like he's another ex player who's on a local Mm -hmm. with a local team. So I think that's where the talent actually is. Um, but we just usually don't hear those guys.
1: Yeah, like if, I mean, if Antonio Daniels was on the ESPN broadcast, I I think he would do yeah. a really great job because I think he does a, does a good job of covering the league as a whole. Uh, so yeah, yeah, he does. But I I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it is just because he's not he wasn't like a star name. I want to know who Jay's top five list is. I don't know that Jay has top five either. I just.
0: That's asking us a lot.
1: Jay. <laughs> it's it's a tall, tall ass. That's why I pretended that he didn't ask it. <laughs> uh, at hoops talk sixty nine wants to know why I'm so obsessed with Frank Nilakina. Hey,
0: it's sixty nine. It's been sixty nine days since uh, Russell Westbrook left. Oh, is that true? Saw that on tw- tw- on Thunder Twitter. Yeah. Wow.
1: Thunder some, Twitter? Oklahoma's OKC Thunder oh, no. Twitter? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it was uh, Sam Presti started his personal account, and that was his first tweet. Uh, sorry, Reddit Thunder. Oh, okay. Thunder
1: Reddit. okay, gotcha. Um, I I really liked him in the draft process, and I still believe that he can be a helpful player. And I I wouldn't say I'm obsessed with him, but the Knicks were offering him up for two second-round picks. And so, he's a get up, a player that you could go get for cheap that has potential still. So that's that's why I think, and that's what, I think those are the guys that you kind of have to gear your mind toward when it comes to like building a roster and trading for guys is that you you're not wanting to spend a lot, and if you can take a guy that has a bad reputation that has not been a good player and build him back up, then. You should like. I think those are the guys the Thunder should go after, and they've gone after those guys. Jeremy Grant was one of those guys. You know, it's like oh, he hasn't really worked out in Philly. What position does he really play? What kind of he can't shoot? He can't do this. And now it's like Jeremy Grant's going to make twenty million dollars. Like he's going to make twenty plus million dollars next summer. Yeah. And so, to me, those are the kind of guys that you want to go after. Those are the kind of guys that the Thunder should look at. And that's, that's why I, I talk about Frank Nilakina. It's not because I think he's great. It's just that I think that he's the type of player that I feel like the Thunder could go after and actually have a chance to make into something.
0: And I think the counter-argument, which is probably why they asked this question, is didn't we learn anything from the first decade of Thunder basketball? <laughs> are we... Are we... Are we still going to chase after these guys that have shown no ability to ever shoot? Is that still going to be our focus? Can we just get a guy who's at least, like, taking a three-pointer? Can we get one of those guys? Bring one yeah. of them in. No, so I, I I get that. that. He's, I, I get he's cheap. Yeah. And, and if if they traded for him tomorrow for two second round picks, I'd say, why not? You know, who cares? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, bring him in, see what happens. And I know that's what you're saying. But on the other hand, it's like can we start filling these roster spots with someone
1: who can shoot the ball?
0: Yeah. Because right now our best shooters are gonna be the guys most likely to leave this team.
1: Yeah. That yes, that's true. When you strip all those guys away, there's not I mean, it's Terrence Ferguson. Is the best shooter, you know? That is correct. So I and yeah, I understand. I, I totally understand. But also the truth is, if a guy can shoot it really well, you can't get him for two second-round picks. Like, if Frank Lakina could shoot it, the Knicks wouldn't trade him. Yeah. So it's a a tough thing. And that's where in the draft, like, you have 15 picks in the first round. You've got to find somebody that can shoot it. Like, you just have to. Um, And I know, like, kind of Sam's idea was like you have these superstars that can really score and you know you have Paul George who could really shoot it you had Kevin Durant who's one of the best shooters of all time and you surround them with these kind of utility guys that can defend and can you know just be helpful to those guys but yeah shooting has been a struggle for this team to find and it's hard to it's hard for everybody to find it I mean you go up and down every single roster and I don't think there's any team that you would say, yeah, they're they're set. They don't need any more shooting. I think every team could probably say, yeah, we need more shooting. Like that's just kind of the nature of the game right now is that you can never have enough three-point shooting. And the Thunder now, like you ha- like Chris Paul can shoot and Gallo can shoot, but yeah, those are going to be like the high volume three-point guys and then and then what do you do? Like I think that you're hoping for development from somebody at that point. Like you're hoping that Terrence can be a more high volume guy. Cause he's not, he wasn't a high volume three point shooter. I think you're hoping that SGA can be a high volume three point shooter that can make a good percentage. Uh, and then I think that you're hoping that one role player pops like I'm not a huge believer in Nader as most of you know, but like maybe he can figure it out cause he can shoot it. He hasn't shown that he can shoot it in, in the league, but he's a guy that can really shoot it. Uh, I think maybe people hope that Deontay Burton can hit a corner three and defend multiple positions. And so people, I, people, I, what people, Andrew? What do you mean, what people? Who, who are those? Who are those people? I think you're talking about yourself. I'm ta- talking about mostly myself. Hey, Brett Dawson wrote an article where he talked about that. So I'll, uh, <laughs> it's not just me. It's so now you're claiming
0: me. that you're stealing Brett Dawson's content.
1: I, I am. Go to theathletic.com and subscribe. <laughs> No, it's it's a good article. It's that he actually goes through all the Thunder guards and talks about like the big questions that that kinda of loom over those guys through this season. Um Okay, next question from at Kev underscore V H. On previous pods there's been talk about Gallo to Golden State and Gallo to Minnesota. Thoughts on a three team trade. Gallo to Golden State, Delo to Minnesota. And OKC gets Jang and Culver, or a first-round pick. Seems like everyone gets a player that matches their timeline.
0: I agree that Gallo would fit well with Golden State. The problem is that he's an expiring, and assuming they can't make an under-the-table deal with him, he could just leave in free agency. And I don't think they sign D'Lo to that contract to just trade for an expiring contract. Right. So I don't think Golden State would do it. Even if you threw in a pick, I don't know, maybe. Um, But at that point, I don't know if the Thunder do it because we we didn't think about trading Gallo with a pick. It was always trading Gallo for a pick. Right. But the larger idea of just – because somebody brought up like how do you just feel about trading to Golden State in general? I feel great about it. Don't care. I always hated, like, with the Paul George and Indiana stuff, how they wouldn't trade him. They didn't want to send him to an Eastern Conference team. They didn't want to send him to the Lakers. I hate when teams do that. I think Mm -hmm. it's so dumb. It happens in the NFL all the time. Like, they don't want to send a player to a divisional rival. It's like, who cares? You're going to (laughs) be
1: terrible. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Like I think you look at, like, the Pau Gasol to the Lakers trade. Like, you don't want to be that team. Like you don't want to be the team that gives a player to a, a team that makes them a contender, and so I, I get it. Um, I'm not sure Gallinari pushes somebody over the top, but like maybe he does Golden State because Clay Thompson comes back, Steph Curry, Gallinari. Crazy. Like they'd be really good. Like you, you replace Kevin Durant with Danilo Gallinari. Like that's it's not a. Obviously Kevin is way better than Gallo's ever been. But as an offensive player, Gallo was super good last year. And the space that he would have with Steph and Clay around him, I mean he'd be shooting wide open jump shots. He might shoot 46% from 3 on like 8 or 9 attempts per game. Like that's yeah. a realistic thing for him with if he's that wide open. Um so it's to me it's pretty it'd be pretty interesting for them. And if you're the Thunder and you could get back a guy like Jarrett Culver, or if you could get a future pick, a future first round pick from the Minnesota Timberwolves, like, yep, I'll take either one. You know. Yeah, and I,
0: I do like the idea of getting a like blue chip prospect like that over a pick, just because we have so many picks at this point. Unless you're getting a pick that is just like so amazing,
1: mm-hmm. you know,
0: like like uh, Boston's Memphis pick that is like probably the highest valued outstanding pick. Yeah. Unless you're getting something like that, I would rather have just like the young blue chip prospect yeah. that already has some
1: pedigree behind them and you kind of already know a little bit about them. Yeah. No, I I I think that makes sense. I think that right now, like having all these theoretical players in the future it's hard to it's hard to imagine it, it's hard to envision. And the truth is like the, you're you're hoping that one of those ends up being like a top 3 pick that ends up being a superstar, but you're not guaranteed anything with with those picks. And I think that they'll I think they'll hit on some of them, but I just you're just not guaranteed anything and that's why eventually the Thunder are going to bottom out. Like I don't think that they're just going to just kind of Go along trying to win thirty to forty games and hope that these picks hit. Like they're they're going to bottom out, and it could be as soon as next season. Uh, or it could even happen. I mean, it's possible that it happens this season. That you know, Gallo and CP3 play really well, but the Thunder lose a lot of games in November. And there was an article written about how teams right now are looking for trades. And like the trade market. Could be pretty intense this year just because there's no good free agents next summer. And with that, there may be a rush to go get players now, and that there could be uh, people think there's a, a window open right now. And so, yeah, and the Thunder have guys that can help. Like if Dre proves that he's healthy, he's going to hold some value. You could get probably a small asset for Andre Robertson because he could help a contender if he's healthy uh Chris Paul could help some teams. I mean the the Chris Paul to Miami stuff is still there's still rumors out there that that's still alive in some ways. And so Miami if they see a window open in the Eastern Conference, like they they may go get Chris Paul, you know? And Gallinari is going to help somebody. The Thunder aren't going to keep Gallinari for the whole season. He's going to go help somebody get better. And uh, one more point
0: on the idea of trading him to Golden State. How funny would it be? Like, yes, we're making Golden State better, but what if they won the title in the yeah. year after Kevin Durant leaves? Like, that's pretty good. I, <laughs> I would, I wouldn't mind that. That'd be pretty funny.
1: <laughs> it would be, it would be pretty funny because it's just like the ultimate. We didn't need you move. Yeah, yeah uh let's see
0: hey talking about trading for chris paul you're talking about the 21st ranked player in the nba according to sports illustrated so i I know miami should jump on that
1: (laughs) have you been paying attention to those i haven't really i haven't read any of them
0: no i just happened to see where a few of the thunder players were ranked
1: yeah i think people probably in oklahoma city underrate how good chris paul is Uh, And I think the focus more is how big his contract is, his injury history, things like that, which I understand. Like you shouldn't not pay attention to those. Uh, But still, it's, he's probably underrated at this point just because of how everything played out and the Rockets like couldn't, quote unquote, couldn't trade him, you know, during the summer. Uh, So I I think people may be surprised at, as to how good he is. Um, oh, <laughs> this one is funny. I think we just need to read this to uh, set the record straight. This is from a Pizza Face Jake. Does Al have any more spicy hot takes? Has he already hung up and retired Katie's jersey in his house? Also, could he come visit OKC someday so that he could understand what our community is like?
0: <laughs> Alright, first of all, I'm coming back on October 25th. Mark your calendars, L Baby Cakes, back in Oklahoma City for a 90th birthday party for my wife's grandmother, (laughs) hanging out. Uh, No, the reason I was talking about the Kim Durant thing is because it reminded—this happens, like, every six months. It's the the Hall of Fame question with, like, Manu Ginobili. Like, somebody will put up a poll, like— do you think Manu Ginobili's is a Hall of Famer? Or like, do you think Chris Bosch is a Hall of Famer? And people will start debating it. And it's like if you have any idea of how the basketball hall of fame works, you know those guys are getting in. Mm-hmm. Like they're based on their resumes, like those are going to be Hall of Famers. Like, regardless of what you think about it, they're getting in. So why are we even having the debate? And I felt the same way about the Kevin Durant getting his jersey retired by OKC. Like, regardless of what you think about it, it's going to happen. Yeah. Now it might not happen for a decade, but it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So we can expend all this energy right now and complain about it and he's always being a huge jerk to us or whatever. It's going to happen. You just got to get used to it. Got to deal with it. People are going to get older, he's going to get older, things are going to change. We're going to be so nostalgic for the KD days in like a decade. I guarantee it. Like we're already nostalgic for it. But like th- those were such a that's such a magical period in this franchise's history, it's only going to get more like nostalgic and magical as time passes. People are going to get older, things are going to calm down. We're eventually going to retire his jersey and people will be excited about it.
1: Yeah. But it's going to be in like a decade. Yeah. It'll be in the 2030s that it will happen. Yes. So, yeah, it's it to me it's not a debate either. Like it's it's not. Are they going to retire it today? Nope. <laughs> So, like, I get, I get how people feel about that today. Uh, that would be weird. It would be really weird if they, they did, did it.
0: If they did it on the night Westbrook comes
1: back, the first time
0: they retire Katie's jersey for the game.
1: Whew. It would be kind of funny to be like, "Hey, Katie, your career's over. Sorry about your injury. We're going to go ahead and retire your jersey."
0: Yeah, he—he's, I mean, he's such a big weirdo. He—he's going to change again. And I've said this before, but like he's going to retire most likely as like a man without a team. Mm-hmm. Like, who, who, when he goes in the Hall of Fame, what jersey is he going to go in with?
1: It'll be Golden State or OKC.
0: Yeah. And I don't know. I, maybe the rings will just matter more. But ultimately, that was three seasons and they were very rocky and doesn't really have like a good relationship there. Like, it was weird kind of the whole time there. And I think that once his career's over, we'll look back at the OKC time as, like, the peak of his career, even though he didn't win the rings there.
1: Yeah. No, I think there's no doubt about that now. Now that he's had like, the Achilles tear, like, if he didn't have the Achilles tear, I think that he may be peak Durant. He right. would have been in Brooklyn, yeah. but I don't think that's going to happen. And, yeah, he would. It's. I think that you will. I think you're exactly right. You're going to look back and say, like, that was the Kevin Durant that we all know and love was when he played for OKC. Especially, like, just
0: think about Kevin Durant in popular culture. Like, the, the, his best commercials, like, when his shoes were the biggest, like, I feel like it was all during that OKC time. That was when his brand... That was when he was the coolest. Like, yep. That's when he started actually getting fans. And then ever since the move to Golden State, he's made way more money because he's investing in all these other things. But in terms of popular culture, he's just not thought of that
1: way anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's made himself very lame. Yeah, like point. well he he needs a doo doo jump. He does. He needs a doo doo jump. He needs velvet hoop. He needs lots yeah. of lots of things. In Those his were classics. Life. Oh, they were great, and he was lovable Like he could do no wrong at that point in his career. And then when he made that move, I don't I don't think that he knew that it was going to result in all this. And you know what? He deserves every bit that he gets right now. Uh, <laughs> Zero Thunder of Zero wants to know: Will the Nuggets be better than the Rockets? How about the Jazz? I want the Rockets to lose. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I think
0: those were the four or three. Those were the three teams that all had the same over/under. I think. Yeah, I think they're all at 54 and a half. Um, I mean, for me, it's still between the Rockets and the Nuggets. Yeah. I, th- I think the Jazz are just a level below those two. Um, but, they, c- I mean, they're all going to be within a couple wins of each other, most likely. Yeah. I like the con- I like the continuity with Denver.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Maybe that doesn't really matter, ultimately, but they're, they're the team I'm highest on. I- I'm really excited for Jeremy Grant. I feel like he's going to be on a, a bigger stage. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but yeah, it's between those two, and I could see it going either way. The the Houston thing just feels like a coin flip right now. Like, I'm, we're just, I'm just so anxious to see what it looks
1: like. I know. It was even that way last year with Mellow. Like, I think last year with Mellow, at this point, we were like, man, Mellow's going to be good for them. And that's really going to suck. Yeah. Um, and we didn't know that it was going to turn out as bad. Like, we couldn't have predicted like 10 games and he's gone. You know, I would have never thought that. And I'm not saying like Russell's going to be really bad, but you have guys like Scottie Pippen saying like Russell's going to return to MVP form and Russell's gonna, you know, James Harden's going to have to ref, to defer to Russell Westbrook. And I'm just like, "What where are we? Like what's going on here?" I mean, James Harden was the was second in MVP voting and Russell wasn't close. And there was a reason for it. It's not because I hate Russell Westbrook. It's because he didn't play that well last year. He didn't shoot the ball well last year. And maybe he figures that out. Maybe he has figured that out. That'd be great. Like, I don't want Russell to be bad. Uh, But we don't know. If Russell can't shoot it, and if he can't finish at the rim, like, he was was not good in the pick and roll last year. He was the worst point guard in the pick and roll last year on, on the Thunder. He could not finish at the rim. He was not good in transition. Like, go look it up. Go look it up. And if he's that same guy, I think there's a lot of concerns for the Rockets. And maybe he figures it out. Maybe he figures all that out because he's going to help in ways. Even if he is that player, he's going to help in in different ways. Like they were not a great defensive rebounding team. Well, you're adding the best defensive rebounding guard in NBA history to your team. Like he's going to help that out a lot. Um, but there are. I think it's not just cut and dry when nothing with Westbrook is cut and dry. But if he's the exact same player he was last year for OKC, I think there are some big concerns for the Rockets. And so if if you tell me that that's who he is this year and his shooting isn't any better, and it's the same as it was during the regular season, I would say, yeah, the Jazz and the Nuggets are going to be better. Because the Jazz and the Nuggets were a lot better than the Thunder last, last season, the regular season. They just were. Uh, and... I don't see that Rockets team being that much better than what the Thunder had. You had Paul George, who was at an MVP level for most of the season. You had Steven Adams. You had Jeremy Grant. Like, you had good players. And a lot of the Thunder struggle last year was that Russell Westbrook was using a ton of possessions every game, and he just couldn't shoot. And that was a huge problem. And so I I think that you do have to – that's something to keep your eye on. I would – Guess that he bounced back and that he would have a better shooting season he started to figure out his free throw shooting in the playoffs, and so if he can be back up to like an eighty two percent free throw shooter, yeah they're gonna be fine like they're gonna be really really good, and I might pick the Rockets over all those teams, but I need to see it first, yeah, was that too hatery? was that too much hate was uh that...
0: the the people are going to let us know Andrew okay, they'll let <laughs> us know right after this is posted. <laughs>
1: Um, uh, bigger shock, USA getting 7th This is from Trey Witzel USA getting 7th or Rubio winning the MVP?
0: Hmm. I, you know what? It might be Rubio Yeah I mean, once, once we started hearing all the dropouts I don't think I was thinking 7th But I think we all knew that something bad could be coming yeah. The Rubio thing I just feel like people have been crapping on him all summer <laughs> and talking <laughs> talking about how how like lame he is and and how bad the Suns were for overpaying him and that he's like washed up or whatever and he's too old now. And then he goes out and he's the MVP. So and and we always like Ricky here, you know, we're big Ricky fans. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, I was surprised by that though cuz going in you're thinking, "Oh, this is Jokic's tournament." Yeah, like this is or it's or it's Giannis, but his team probably wasn't good enough. But you were thinking Serbia is going to be the most likely to beat the U.S. and Jokic is their best player. This is going to be his big breakout going into this huge season for Denver, and that didn't really happen.
1: Yeah, yeah. Nobody, nobody had Spain winning and Rubio as the MVP. Like I, yeah. Never... I wonder if you, I wonder if you could have bet on that. I'm sure you could have. I heard nothing about that. I heard really nothing about that that, that team, the, the Spanish team. I heard nothing about it. So, yeah, I think that's a shock. I think both are, are shocking, though, when you look back, because I think a lot of people still predicted the USA would still win. Like, oh, they'll still win. Like, that's a talented team. They have a deeper roster than just about everybody else. And they got Popovich and Kerr, and they got all, you know. And really, it was pretty embarrassing, the way they played. And Kimba Walker was not good in that last game. I mean it was pretty embarrassing and it was pretty and I, and I know that I feel like there's a lot of um revisionist history a little bit on this team cuz now it's like yeah we can look back and say that you know they didn't have they, this is their C team but I think still most people were predicting that they'd win. And they uh, were and, C, and, and, and they C were the stands favorite for Celtics that's right this is the C's team um
0: how would you feel as a celtics fan
1: right now well jason tatum got hurt and yeah but still like Jalen brown was okay marcus smart was okay he missed like four free throws in a row that would have very much helped the team uh and kemba wasn't great like kemba could not lead that team and part of you like wonders like what if darren fox was there like what, like maybe it would have been different. And if you just didn't have Kemba at all, uh, cause there was just not a lot of cohesion. And I think that Kemba was a part of that. So I don't know, but the Rubio stuff, people have been crapping on Rubio and I don't, I don't, I don't like the, the contract number for Rubio for the Suns, but I don't hate the idea of him playing there. Like they need some stability at point guard. They haven't had like a real point guard in a long time on their team. And so, um, yeah, since like Bledsoe, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Um, so I don't hate it. And if you're gonna make DeAndre Ayton a better player, you gotta have somebody that can get him the ball. And if Rubio can do anything, it's pass. You know, so I don't hate the idea of Rubio there and him him playing with those guys, and even him playing with Devin Booker. I mean. Donovan Mitchell blossomed playing next to Ricky Rubio. And Rubio helped him a lot. And so I don't hate the idea. I don't like the $17 million, But I don't hate the idea of Rubio playing for the Suns. I don't think it's as stupid as people think it is. Um, just because I think that he kind of relishes being a mentor. And he even said that with the Spanish national team. Like He said, I want to mentor these guys and do what the older guys did for me. Like, he, yeah. he cares about that stuff. He's a he's a thoughtful, thoughtful man. And he, I don't know if you remember any of the interviews that he did uh, post-game with the Thunder Jazz series. Um, but he was awesome. Like, he's just a really nice, gentle competitor, which is a weird thing to say. But he was awesome. And I think that he's going to be good for that team. And he's going to be helpful to that team.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's probably their most, their Who's been their best veteran over this this last couple of years
1: of bad
0: young sons
1: basketball? I don't know. Like they signed Trevor Ariza last year. Yeah, and like they and wanted a, a, they wanted Ariza to be that guy. You know. So I don't know. I don't know exactly who who that is. I've got my one year old. He just crawled in here. Hey, what's yeah. up, baby? He wants to sit in my lap. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Uh, okay. Next question. He just said hater. He just said hater. He's, he did. He pointed at me and he said hater. Did you say hater? Yep. Okay. Uh, who wins in a death match between you two and why? This is about Jay Stiglmeier.
0: Uh, well, you have kids, so you probably have more to live for. So, uh, <laughs> 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 I, I'd probably come into it pretty lazy, like, uh eh, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> You know, it's a coin flip. Yeah,
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's probably true. (laughs) If I knew that one of us had to die, uh, it would get pretty intense pretty fast. Um, Let's see. Uh, If you played in the NBA, what number would you wear from at Eddie underscore Lalo 1017?
0: Uh, My number was always
1: six growing up. My go-to number. Uh, I'd be 11.
0: 11. 11.
1: Uh, let's see. Uh, In three words, the best and worst thing that could happen to the Thunder this season.
0: Okay, I thought about this. Best number one pick. Oh, yeah. yeah worst, that. I would say season-ending injury, and specifically for one of the young guys. I know that was more than three words, but season-ending injury, because... You know, it's fine. They'll come back, but just losing a year of development, because that's really what we want to see this year is some of these young guys develop. So to miss out on that for any of these guys, I think would be the worst case scenario. Because, and honestly, that's not too bad of a worst case scenario, but I feel like we've already gone through the worst case scenario, which is the team got blown up. Yeah. So we've already lived through like
1: rock bottom. Like, how much worse could it really get? Do you think. I think a season-ending injury to a guy like Gallo would be worse, don't you think? Um,
0: see, I almost think, like I feel like anything bad with Shea, because he's got one more year, and then he's up for extension. He's like, got two well, years. What's well, sorry after <laughs> after this <laughs> hypothetical injury, he would, he would have one year and then an extension. Yeah, I just feel like we need to see as much of him as possible. If Gallo gets hurt, that would be a huge bummer. But they already have the picks. It's not like that was their main asset coming out of that trade. Yeah. So it would be a bummer, but it would be more of a bummer if we didn't get to watch the they're the best young guy on the team this season.
1: But what if injuries to Shay happen like they happened to Steph Curry, leading to a smaller oh. contract, leading to all the championships mm, interesting so like chronic something chronic just like a little ticky tack knee yeah. or ankle and it's like oh no i don't know about shay the thunder four for 48 for shay Wait, i don't know so about that are
0: you saying so your best case scenario now is shay in an injury
1: <laughs> I don't, i'm just joking. i don't know <laughs> i don't know uh, yeah, I think the number one pick is a really good one. I think just, I thought just like get more assets is like, that's the best case scenario for this year. It's, it yeah. really has nothing to do with wins. It has to do with what more can the Thunder get and what more can they do. And yeah, I thought season ending injury too, but it, to me it's to Gallo because mm. I think that they could get something pretty significant for him. And yeah, the Thunder have a lot of bites at the apple, but. You could always use more and you can always be uh more proactive. And if you lose a chance at you know, something like that, you don't it's hard to know what you're missing out on. Uh, but it could be something really good. It could be potentially something great. And so, you know, I think that, that would be that'd be a huge bummer, man. Huge bummer. Uh okay. Anything else? that's going on in the league is there anything going on in the league no i just saw a video from uh
0: big boy you know big boy from outcast yeah yeah he was in the studio and uh he had like four owls in the studio (laughs) the the animal that's like that that's not slang for anything he had actual owls just hanging out in the studio he was blasting his music and they were just chilling just enjoying it are owls cool Uh, I don't know. I did that's what I'm trying to figure out. I didn't know that you could tame owls and they could just hang out with you.
1: Maybe that is cool. That sounds they, cool.
0: They look cool. They were just hanging out on a speaker. Just listening to the music. <laughs> I got to get some owls.
1: <laughs> oh, what do you think of the Chris Paul uh Instagram story?
0: Uh I'm I'm fairly convinced with the idea that it was in response to to old Tillman. To Till- yeah. t- Tillman, I mean it was a pretty direct shot at Chris Paul, especially the part about, you know, it's nice having a guy coming in here who isn't going to be thinking he's the mentor. Yeah. Uh, or playing the mentor role. That's one that's good for OKC, like because we want someone to come here and play that mentor role. To right. SGA. right. Um, but man, it's just like, why? There's no reason to say it at this point. And he's just shown it again and again that he's just going to say dumb things about his players, about his coach, about his team. He's not a good owner.
1: Yeah. No, he's not, which is nice for Thunder fans and the future of the Houston Rockets. It is nice. <laughs> and it made me want
0: to stick up for Chris Paul. It's like, <laughs> oh, he's my guy now. Now that you have pitted him against Tillman Fertitta, my mortal enemy.
1: Right. <laughs> and it's just funny. Like, the truth is, nobody knows what that was about. Like Nobody knows why he put the peace sign on Instagram. Like it could have, most of the time, these athletes, it doesn't have to do with what we think it's about. Like it could be about anything. And so it's just funny. Like people have these like impassioned tweets saying like, that's not what he was talking about. Or he's not saying peace out to the thunder or whatever. Like, I don't know, man. Like, I have no idea. I just know that it was a cryptic tweet. That was kind of interesting. Uh, Dude,
0: Chris Paul's going to ball this season. I'm serious. People are they're they're hating him now. But I'm just telling you like he has so much to play for and so much to boost his value cuz his value has really mm. taken a shot over these last couple of years just in the eyes of the general NBA public. Yeah. And I think he's going to have the opportunity to really like showcase himself in Oklahoma City.
1: Yeah. Well, and he's got like a, a cast of players that fit around him. And there's nobody that's, like, going to take 20 possessions in a game. Yeah, And I think you're right. And mckelly has been on this for a long time. Like, this team's going to be better than what people think. Like, they just are. And it it kind of sucks that they start the season out with such a crazy schedule. um, Because I think it's going to be hard to have a good record because of that. And I think they're going to make trades as the season goes along. But... I think we'll get to see pretty early on exactly how good this team is, which I think will be interesting. Yeah. Okay. Follow Alex on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening to our podcast. We'll talk to you guys again on Friday morning.